Hi, and welcome to Network AF. Today, I have my friend uh, Phil Gervasi with me. And uh, Phil, could you uh, give us all a little uh, brief intro? Hey, Avi. Uh, it's good to see you again. So I've been a, uh, let's see, I've been a network engineer. I guess you could say a traditional network engineer for maybe 15-ish years, uh, just working in the trenches, configuring routers and switches and wireless and data centers, that kind of thing. Cutovers at 2 a.m. That was my life for a long time. Um, and I got into, I guess, what you could call technical marketing uh, in the past few years, which I thoroughly enjoy. So that's what brings me here today. Um, but yeah, my heart is still with the nerds, with the engineering uh, teams, for sure. So uh, I kind of have a foot in both worlds right now. Well, thank you for joining us at Kentic, and thank you for being on the podcast. Um, I have to say, when we uh, first met, I think was uh, when you were a delegate at uh, Networking Field Day, and I enjoyed um, the uh, the operational clue that you and the other delegates, and also the um, uh, lack of respect for authority and overmarketing, uh, which yeah. uh, sometimes uh, you know I have as well uh, as we try to as we try to cut through things. So, um, uh, main topic we thought might be interesting was a few weeks ago it was Cisco Live. Um, Cisco Live's always been an interesting venue for me. I come a little bit more from the nanog and interconnection uh, crowd. I've seen Cisco Live before DevNet really got going, but I guess. Decades ago, it was more interop, you know, was the was the sort of the older school, more enterprise stuff that I got into. So it's been interesting to see. Um, and, uh, you know, but I it was back, you know, I would say roaring ish, um, maybe not quite as much as it was a few years ago, but a lot of interesting stuff going on. And, um, uh, you know, our booth was uh, in the middle of a bunch of other, uh, you know, a sea of other folks. And I guess any interesting themes that you saw wandering around, talking to people, um, you know, what were any interesting highlights for you from the Cisco Live? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I definitely did some wandering around and talking to people. That was, and I have to say, it was it was cool to be back in a live event, you know, in person. Uh, I know that the the attendance was a lot lower than, than, than in years past, something like half, I'm not sure. Vendors are probably two thirds plus, you know, back, you know, there was, a, there was certainly good, good vendor density. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, but you know, it, it was still great to see literally dozens or maybe a hundred people that I, I chat with online that I've met in person in years past and get to see them again, shake hands, talk about packets and things like that. So I, I did appreciate that very much. And I did a lot of walking around and wandering and looking at, at various booths and chatting with folks, um, you know, both friends and just, you know, other, other vendor booths, things like that. I got to say, I, I really felt like there was this overarching theme of getting more information out of the network, mining information, network information, application information, whatever, uh, at various angles that vendors were taking for sure. Um, but that seemed to be an overarching focus for me. I saw the word observability on almost every single booth. So I was going to ask you about that, you know, because yeah. we're in the center of observability, bro. I think we were the first to use it, but mm -hmm. um, the packet brokers have been saying, well, first they said, you know, analytics before they're, because they enabled analytics. And then observability, everyone's doing observability. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I know from talking to some kind of those quote unquote independent engineers, you know, like the tech field day crowd, that there is, there's not an animosity, but kind of a, a slight eye roll, you know, when you hear the word observability sometimes. It's like, okay, it's just another marketing term. And I think you and I are in the same boat where we like to cut through the marketing, get to what, what problem are we solving here? What's, the, what's this technical solution really all about? What's this, um, uh, you know, what, is, what do you actually do for me? 
Um, and so, you know, it was neat to see everybody's kind of take on it because I really feel like the industry as a whole, we're deriving the definition of observability basically from whatever vendors, various vendors say, you know, there's no real cohesive definition. So I really like talking to folks, hearing right. how they define who, who it. Who are what they doing do it, who are doing it. Yeah. 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 And then, and then, um, and then seeing, you know, uh, you know, how, what, what, what is the common thread among all those things? Cause there, therein lies the definition therein lies what observability is all about. We exactly, that's exactly what we do is, um, you know, finding meaning in the data. That's the, the, the topic of the, uh, the presentation that I gave at Cisco live was really digging into the visibility as the foundation of, of observability, but then going to the next step and saying, all right, now that we can see all these pretty graphs and charts and all this information, that's great. I can see what's going on, but what does what it do mean? What do you do? Yes. What do I do now? Now, right. That's the whole idea of the insights and the actionable insights, right? That's the idea of saying, okay, now that, you know, I see that there's a, you know, an interface that's hosed over here and memory utilization on this router over here is very high and I have a suboptimal. Okay. So what, what does that really mean? I, I see all these things. And so, you know, I bet, I bet that if we had like a team of data scientists in every company, even like a 50 person law firm had a team of data scientists looking at all, all this data, they could, they could do this, but that's where observability comes in. It then takes all that and starts to correlate. Uh, it starts to normalize data, standardize data, which is really interesting. I, I mean, I'll tell you, Avi, I, I, if I could do it over again in my career, I would go into data science because it's so interesting. You know, how do we take, you know, an interface that's in packets per second? Then we look at flow data that's like seventy-two percent of your network is HTTPS. Those are completely different scales. You know, how do we get them on the same scale? Well, how this do we is normalize it? a really interesting topic. And yeah. I need to preface this. You'll know this is not a marketing podcast because of what I'm about to say. Yeah. Um, I'll preface this by saying we're a big supporter of, of data science groups. We're a big supporter of, um, of customers, you know, especially bringing in data that, you know, we don't want to be SAP. You know, there's backend data. There's all sorts of business intelligence and things that the network data is really useful for, even to populate Salesforce or to correlate with other things or to look yeah. at churn risk and things like that. But if you don't inject context in data science, if you don't, I'm not saying you have to start and take network people, but you have to have at least an architect or, or ideally the practitioners start to understand the context because it can be really tricky, sort of exactly what you just said. Like, is the ask, the, the data looks like the shape of what you thought you were asking, but did you ask the right question? Yeah. You know, is the metric, is it packets per second or bits per second or what quantiles and percentiles and things like that are you using? And so I think that's a real gap that I'd love to, I think we as a networkers, um, you know, haven't made it easy to learn those ins and outs for people just studying the data. And that's an issue. But I've seen that when we were at Akamai trying to get, you know, data science approach and the statistics, we'll just call it statistics. Yeah. Um, you know, and at Kentuck as, as we hire and train people. And so this is something that, um, you know, I wish there was a better answer for, and I think comes back to uh, shining light on the network, you know, for people in a world where people often think it's just APIs and magic, um, you know, the people that need to run it, uh, do need to look, you know, and they're not going to look at the data by hand. So, yeah. um, you know, these are these are things that I keep thinking about, you know, how do we do better education? And then how do we bridge that gap with data science, both math in the networking world, uh, which already is trying to figure out intent and automation and cloud and all that stuff, and then the reverse. So I don't know if you have any tips and tricks, but I think bridging those worlds is almost as important as operations and security or network and application bridging. 
yeah, tips and tricks on how we can solve all the networking problems. <laughs> that's a that's a good one. I wish well, I had that answer. That okay. would be pretty awesome. Okay. I would be patenting pat, patenting. You know what I mean? I'll be. Oh, you'd be starting right a competitor. Okay, got it. Yeah, so, yeah. I so, <laughs> I mean, but but walking around. Uh, the floor, though, in the world of solutions, though, it, it was that. It was, you know, uh, you know, one particular vendor looking at how we gather this data, another one gathering this data, and, and then what can you do with that data? Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't see anybody talking about a brand new routing protocol that they invented, which, you know, would be kind of cool and interesting, shake up the industry a little bit. But I, it really wasn't that kind of innovation. It was, seemed to be a, a network operations-focused innovation, whether that's in you know, large scale enterprise or service provider realms or, you know, those e-commerce businesses that serve folks out on the internet on some website, you know, all, all, all different contexts. Yeah. Um, but that's what it seemed like augmenting a network engineer trying to figure out real problems. So, you know, I have this, I have this um, slow website, right? Uh, what, what's causing that? Well, I have this, you know, memorialization thing happening over here in my branch office, you know, halfway across the world. Does that have to do with anything? I don't know. What about this, you know, this suboptimal path in EMEA? Does that have to, you know, we, we, we don't know how these things correlate. I get, you know, I kind of think about like the whole butterfly effect, right? You have this one wire that you wiggle all the way across the world over here. And all of a sudden it slows down your DNS lookup times, you know, over here. And now your website is slow. How do you piece that together? Uh, you know, just sitting there, you know, you got a P1, it's two in the morning, you know, uh, all the leadership of your organizations on your back calling you, your phone is buzzing. How, how do you figure out that out quickly? So I really felt like a lot of that was all geared around network operations and making, uh, you know, the life of an engineer better by making uh, root cause analysis faster. And then, you know, uh, the, the ongoing stuff like, uh, you know, um, monitoring the network at both a meta level, right, and, and kind of a granular level uh, to do your, your baselining or trend analysis, which is kind of, I prefer that uh, perspective. Um, and, and then, which leads to all those cool things like capacity planning and, and things like that. But, but, that's, but that's ultimately what I got from it. Everybody seems to be focused on mining more data from the network so we can make network operations better and we can make, the, you know, augment the engineer. So, you know, and, and that makes a lot of sense because until we start hiring, you know, teams of data scientists at every single organization, it's, you, you need that assistance. Data scientists who study network semantics, I would say. Okay, and, fair and, enough. There you go. Thank you. That, that, that's, that's, my grumpy, that's my grumpy pitch is looking at the data by itself. It's easy to find correlations in network data. Is it yeah. worth waking someone up, you know, is the hard part. Um, I guess let me ask you a question, yeah. you know, just, just, you know, completely honest and, you know, obviously Kentek's a vendor too, but where is the industry on delivering on that promise. Like we take all the data and, you know, I know ways in which we make people, people's lives easier, but at the same time, you've got vendors talking about closed loop networking and self-driving networks and, you know, people thinking that they're behind because, you know, they're actually doing work. Um, yeah. You know, if you had to go from zero to hundred percent, like where's the industry fulfilling its marketing claims of, of assisting that up, that, that, that engineer operations, you know, architecture group. Yeah, wasn't that the point of like SDN twelve years ago, <laughs> right? That you were well, that was back like, when there was like going to be a flow controller, one flow controller for yep. the whole internet, and I was like, that's a really bad idea. Yeah. And I remember seeing those open flow presentations and all that stuff. But uh, you know, that's like I, you know, in those days, I remember hearing about it and saying we're going to be like the enterprise, right? Where you know, Jordy LaForge is just like you know, talks to the computer and says reroute power, and and it just happens and everything. 
Uh, ultimately, that's not even intent-based, right? Because then the, the, the enterprise computer should be just doing it on its own. But um, in any case, that I, I think that there's a difference, though, between you know observability and then the automated remediation, the programmatic remediation that can happen from that. So you know, we still, I think, as an industry, yeah, we're putting in those configure, push configuration overlays programmatically. That's that's happening. But there's still a reluctance among engineers to say, all right, now that I have this advanced visibility uh, into observability, great, you know, we're correlating, we're doing machine learning, time series modeling, and all, oh, cool, right. I still want a big red button that says, I, I, I as an engineer need to press this now to approve a change. Most of or our do the change myself. Most of our, our customers that use, you know, use Kentech to uh, do DDoS mitigation have that big red button. They yeah, have, they exactly. tell me, and then I will push. Now they then want, everything to, you know to push flow spec or to trigger something so that they're not manually CLIing it but still you know the human wants to be in the loop for a lot of things yeah, yeah absolutely you know it's and it's kind of a matter of probability right and we we can go back to correlation and the whole machine learning component of what we do at at both Kentic and and other organizations and and you ask the question where is the industry right now you know, there's still, there's still, uh, you know, noticing in, in the various literature out there, there still seems to be a little bit of a struggle with false positives, as, a, as an example, where folks are, you know, making correlations and the probability of that correlation is lower than it should be. So there's a matter of probability here. So, you know, you know, I wiggle this wire and then this DNS lookup takes a long time and this interface gets hosed because it's suboptimal routing. But how probable is it that it really was caused by this particular wire wiggling? So that that's kind of where... The, there, there's some organizations working on that. How do we decrease false positive? Now, I know, I know what we've done at Kentic, just t talking to our own internal, you know, network-centric data scientists right. and how we solve that um, and what specific algorithms we use to do that. But I think that that's still kind of an issue. And that's going to be a stumbling block to the next level, which is really more advanced correlation. You know, we're, we're, you know and I'm, I'm talking about like doing like regression tests and, and clustering and all those classical uh, um, uh, machine learning uh, methods to kind of find structure in what's otherwise unstructured data, especially in networking where a lot of it's ephemeral, right? Just interface statistics that disappear. Um, but we want to know what's going on both right now and then historically, um, and 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 then even incorporating like what we do at Kentic with active uh, monitoring with synthetics, where it's not even end user data, right? It's not it's not passive; it's active right. in the sense that yeah. we're like sending our own traffic out there and then correlating that in there. You know that that's that's where we're headed, and um, I think every organization is a little bit different in where they are on that on that uh, on that journey, right? So. Um, ingesting more data, that's that's one thing. I think there are some folks there. There are some that are focused solely on packets and taking them apart and correlating that, fine. Um, I believe that we need a diversity of visibility data um, mm -hmm. because they all provide different angles of what's going on, you know? Well, now you're dependent but, on yeah. things that, that you can't dictate to your SD-WAN vendor, you know, what they're what their visibility, you know, what, what kind of things they're gonna enable or, you know, necessarily yeah. your cloud vendor or, uh, any of that. And by the way, I just want to say, I actually, I need to start saying it more like you do. I I, I, I always enjoy it when people say correlation more as correlation, oh, okay. you know, just to think about it. You say a little closer to correlation, which is actually the way I want to say it. But as a Philadelphian, I speak too fast and say correlation, rough water, you know, all that stuff. So I never, I never noticed my, my, I, I, I'm originally from Long Island, New York, and I don't have much of a Long Island no. accent, but I'd have a couple words where my, my kids make fun of me. Like I say, um, marry instead of marry, you know, like uh -huh. I'm going to marry and things like that. And it's yeah. terrible. I don't know. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but ultimately I think, I think, um, 
you know, as an industry, though, we're heading in that direction because we have the compute resources now. We have the, uh, you know, just the resources at, uh, you know, x86 and routers and things and, and switches. We have the ability to, to, to get the information, whatever it happens to be, whether it is, you know, more traditional visibility information like flow data, SNMP, streaming telemetry, screen scraping, whatever we have to do, whatever information, all of it. I love it all. Packets, whatever. But ingesting all of that gives us the various angles of, and as of you said, normalizing it and making sense of it, you know, because different that's hard. people different metrics. Yeah, it's yeah hard, the, but that's what's necessary. I, I would give the industry 15 to 20%. And mm -hmm. I don't know that we'll get to 100% in the Jury LaForge, you know, um, or, you know, hello, computer, transparent, <laughs> you know, type stuff. Yeah. But, uh, you know, tomorrow, but I think it's a journey. But, you know, the approach that I like is to surface with stronger insight, a stronger focus on, you know, eliminating false positives, because again, a lot of the audience wants to be woke, you know, wants to be woken up only about the right things, yeah. but also use that data to help automate the things that do happen all the time. As you said, capacity planning or auditing bills or things like that. And if you can build towards both directions, the goal ultimately is to be able to let people be more architects and less operations, which yep. ultimately is going to be necessary as, as all this, as all this goes. But it is frustrating for me, you know, sometimes at trade shows because, you know, you hear the, um, you know, you hear the, uh, the promise and you know that it's, it's far from the reality. Um, uh, so we talked about observability, getting data out of the network, which I agree is a real trend. That's what people wanted to talk about. You know, it was a great hook to say, you know, what do you do with telemetry? What are you missing in your telemetry? Yeah. What do you wish the network could tell you about what's going on, yeah. you know, in the middle of the night? Um, but uh, any other, you know, Cisco Live, any other what's hot, you know, what, what you're tired of hearing about, um, uh, you know, from wandering around and talking to folks? Well, I, it's not that I'm tired of hearing about it, but I enjoy getting a little bit contrarian with folks at booths when they start talking about ML and AI and things like that. <laughs> and then I start to just pr press them a little bit, you know, in a, in a polite and professional way, right? Because I am wearing a Kentic t-shirt because I want to make sure, you know, there's a professionalism there. Um, but just saying, you know, okay, what, what do you mean by that? You know, what, what algorithms are you using? And what what, uh, what, what kind of workflow is behind the scenes there? How do you normalize data? Like, what are you doing to reduce false positives like we were just talking about? And uh, the answers vary greatly. Sometimes I have heard some very impressive answers where I'm sitting there taking notes, like, slow down, professor, I'm taking notes. Um, but more often than not, it, 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 you can, you can kind of sniff out that there's a little bit of marketing fluff there. And, and then what's really happening yeah. is they're just, they're just collecting a bunch of information and then putting it in prettier graphs, making their interfaces a little bit snappier, which I appreciate, by the way, you know, who wants a slow, you know, interface on, on their visibility tool, but that that's kind of where, where it is. So, you know, I just kind of, that, that was something that I, I enjoyed from a sadistic level is just sniffing out where the marketing fluff was. Um, and, uh, and then getting into some cool conversations with the folks that really seem to know what they were talking about. You I know, got some great kilt recommendations from a couple of your, your colleagues, uh, from, uh, you know, yeah. uh, yes. So it's always, you know, it's, it is a diverse crowd as you, yeah. uh, as you said, and it's always good to, you know, get to take, I, I try to, it's nice that I've been building enough of a network that I can do sort of at Cisco live and at black hat and DEF CON and, and adjacent conferences, uh, you know, which we don't really exhibit at, but I go to see what's, what's going on and what people are working on, have the hallway track, you know, they're yeah. like, Hey, what, what are you seeing? Especially people doing consulting, working across customers, you know, what's the reality, learn about 
I mean, God help us. There's now $1,500 multi 10 gig routers that can take full tables. Yep. Um, that's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, I know what you're talking so, about for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're not selling sponsorships. I just, uh, you know, uh, we don't have to, you know, get them on for ads. That's really cool for me. I, I automation and intent still, I think people are being confused into thinking that everyone's much further along. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, a few years ago I went to DevNet and I was like, Oh, you're using NSO to, uh, write one Python program to use APIs in Python instead of this one CLI thing with no, you know, sort of like even GitHub. So you make, don't do the same thing over and over again. And like, yeah. where's the, you know, the Uber side of it, you know, versus the promise. And I, I, I could see a little more, I could, I, I would welcome a little more real talk, you know, uh, there, um, uh, you know, and, and I think some of the automation vendors, I found them more open to like, yes, this is a toolkit, you know, we're plugging this in and, and, you know, every, every environment's unique and here's how we help. We make it faster to do these things, but we're not the magic automation, you know, engine, but yeah. Sometimes it can be a little, you know, these are both things that have been there for a long time. And um, uh, that, that's my AI ML is, yeah. is if, you know, when people go overboard on that. But that true level of, of you know, intent-based networking. Remember that that was a buzz like 2016, Oh, yeah. No, but it still is. IBM, yeah, and it still is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, P4, I mean, everyone's going to be programming their switches with everything, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing, Lou. I, you didn't, I didn't hear that, that term at all, this particular Cisco. Oh, thing, I, I think I, I thought I Did saw it. it once? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's cool to have, you know, Tofino, you know, the P4 stuff, but like with flow controllers and, you know, it's like when it's, you know, it, it, there definitely can be hype cycles for this yeah. stuff. Yeah, uh, for sure. And so. I think we're off. We're, I don't know what that hype cycle thing looks like. I'm picturing it yeah. in my mind. We're yeah. definitely on the, the trough of, of despair. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, the slough of despond. So I think. Sounds like uh, a DD. It sounds like yeah. a DD thing. You know, you're there now you in the trough of despair. So I don't, I don't think that the, those intent based networking vendors like are just done. Uh, I, I noticed that. You know, just a couple of years ago, not long ago, I they the language started to change from some of those vendors where they, instead of saying intent-based networking and automate programmatic automation or automated remediation, the language started to change to intent-based analytics and and huh. intent-based. I'll have to look for that. I haven't really seen that. Yeah, um, well, I and my my theory, I don't know if this is right, but I think it's because, well, geez, in order to do intent-based networking, you need to collect a crap ton of telemetry from the network in various right. forms. And you, any way you can get it, right? And of course, you're you're hooking back into devices to program fine, but that first step is to collect everything that's going on. So you have that that quote unquote single source of truth, right? You need to start with that foundation. So you're doing path calculations, you're doing uh, or per path permutations, really, and figuring out probabilities of what's suboptimal, things like that. You're creating a reference architecture based on like this is what the duplex should look like in this particular data center. So here's my gold standard. So you're collecting all this information. And I think IBM vendors at some point were like, well, geez, you know, we could probably sell this. <laughs> Maybe we should change change our language just a little bit. And, and that's fine. I mean, because it is still a useful thing. Um, but that's like that's kind of where I think intent-based networking sort of stall a little bit as far as like progressing down the automation route. That's a yeah, hard problem to solve in a multi-vendor, um, you know, snowflake network environment yeah, uh, I, you know, I, out in the I, world. I think that I see what you're saying about the marketing trends. Yeah. I think the thing that, you know, the way I look at it is there was this great promise and, you know, I try not to be 
the Statler and Waldorf in the network room, you know, is the grumpy old person saying, oh, yeah, we tried that in 1492 and it didn't work, you know, and so yeah. we should just stop talking about stuff. But, you know, there's there was a wave of companies that came from people that had never run a network, but studied, you know, out of the SDN groups that said we could just mathematically model all of this, which I have always had a problem with because of bugs. You know, the wonderful thing and the frustrating thing is so many bugs, you know, in networking and you can't really model the bugs. But, but you know, and that worked okay in some data center world, but you have this super long tail of needing to build that unified model. And that, that for me is like, you're going to be stuck with the piece parts unless you can do a unified model. And that's why Kentic hasn't taken it on because that's a, it's doable, but it's a really hard problem yeah. that you have to believe will have, you know, the right payoff and in a multi-vendor way and with bugs and with, and, and, you know, not just the big data center, not just the WAN, not just, you know, the, the edge and campus, you know, it's all that. Um, that doesn't mean I think we can't get there or won't get there, but, you know, the approaches of automation, you know, without having that model, you know, and, and even just what people want, which is the, the simpler version, which is, you know, the, the uh, opposite of rancid, the config push, the make it so command um, to use the Star Trek, uh, you know, analogy. So um, again, I think we'll have it in the next 10 years, you know, at least the make it so command, but, um, and better than SolarWinds NCM, which is, you know, regex based and yeah. even, even Kentic, you know, we'll use configs and look at, again, it's part of observability and correlating and saying, did, or sorry, correlating, which is how I want to say it, which is, you know, did, did I do something the old, don't let the, don't let the butt crack out of the CO, you know, catch the outage when they sparked yeah. the wires and took your, you know, T1 down. So, yeah. um, yep. so I, I, I am definitely hopeful, but. Uh, maybe I just found the wrong, you know, intent and automation uh, marketing messages. So, well, I mean, it, it's it's incremental, though, right? I mean, every, everything that we're doing is we're not like you. You mentioned something like going zero to one hundred earlier when we started recording, but we, we don't go from you know automating zero yeah. to you know it's a completely autonomous network that just runs and you know everything just changes behind the scenes and the. But that is what like. what vendor C and vendor J tell the world they have built. Yeah, yeah, that's that true. Is, so, and, that, and that is a problem because that does, you know, the, the that the fluff is out there for sure. But I don't. But it is. But it's still good. It's still progress to say, hey, you know, we we uh, we're just changing uh, interface tags to be more consistent. We're going to automate that. We're going to automate these low level things that aren't disruptive to the well, network if something. Lifecycle automation is like life cycle the, automation. Is a great first key step, and and yeah. the you know the Wi Fi automation. The world's been in, you know, before Mist, and then after, you know, and then what Juniper is doing. There's a lot of really great stuff, you know, being done um, with parts of it. But maybe, maybe I'm just too grumpy because I hear I hear these broad messages about everything is now self-driving or yeah. or you know closed loop, and you know, I, sometimes I just I see some of our customers like. Oh, I suck! I'm so far behind. It's like no, no, no. It's it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. just yeah, just don't have. Don't be that network where you have, you know, 40,000 devices. And if there's an interface description, it's wrong. Like have, have a, you know, move towards whether it's NetBox or, you know, IPAM or whatever, move towards the source of truth. Like, you know, these are journeys that we're taking together and, you know, 
life will uh, life will get better over time. And you can start with a corner of the network. You yes. don't have to. Yeah. You don't have to start like if you have you know a hundred thousand interfaces and whatever you know two two thousand sites around the world. You could start with one site, one small branch, or one yeah. closet, whatever, whatever, and then say, all right, we're going to do this stack of switches, and then yeah. you know we're going to look at our wireless infrastructure, and uh, let we can just use uh, some programmatic tools and visibility to uh, you know manage just this particular overlay, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so that's a good place to start. Absolutely. And, you know, Absolutely. and, and we're going to, and we're going to, you know, build on that over time. So, you know, where are we today? You know, we, we're, I think at the very, very early stages of that where folks are still doing, you know, I mean, think about it. Isn't, isn't me typing uh, commands into my Cisco router intent based, you know, I, mm. I mean, it's kind of, you know, I had this discussion with, um, with Greg Farrow over, over back and forth over a couple blog posts a couple of years ago. Where I was like, uh, you know, intent-based, it's kind of a panacea, you know, we're not there. And then, and then he made the argument that DHCP was kind of intent-based networking, right? I'm like, well, no, it's not because it doesn't have the closed loop. So I went through that whole argument and he made the point. It's like, well, not, not exactly because, you know, think about the process of back in the day, you know, the discover, offer, request, acknowledge, whatever it is today. I don't know. But, um, you know, that's an automated process to get an IP address. I know this is just a simple, small example, but I'm okay, like, I guess I have, I, to blog, I have to join this blog argument four years later. Yeah, uh, right. It was it was a few years ago, but I remember I think that. There's a, a lot point, so. of of you know people on the journey to intent, but I think of it as not just the automation of something that's a single vector, but combining a few vectors so that you're not going to get them out of you know sync. So yeah. it's make sure that when this happens, that happens. And ultimately, if you actually want to get to intent, it's you sort of say, I want it to look like this rather than I need the IP address to be like that. So maybe yeah. I talk myself into it. Maybe DHCP is, is like that, <laughs> it's right? Kinda or Kubernetes, yeah. you know? Um, and, I would and, just say that we're probably, unless you count, you know, the routing protocols themselves and what they do with figuring out reachability as that, which now we're getting really deep, um, I would say that again, Kubernetes for all its warts, and you know, I still have to read that. You know, all the iceberg. Uh, there's like a, a bunch of series about all the issues. You know, that you need to come up to speed on, or that create opportunities for vendors in the Kubernetes space. But yeah. you know, has sort of pushed that world forward maybe more than um, you know the the network world has, despite yeah. all the talk about it. But you know, we'll get there. And I can say that the ultimate foundation to get there, though, is what we're doing now with collecting, uh, you know, yes. mining data from the network and and moving forward with much more intelligence uh, with observability. Now, that is absolutely going to be the foundation of it, because otherwise, you know, you know, you have your reference architecture and you have all these moving parts. And, and when I say that, that's an understatement, right? You have you have millions and and, and billions of objects in a network uh, if you count up everything that exists. And like that butterfly effect, you know, what this this thing over here, I'm putting my hand in the frame here. You put this thing over here, how does it affect this thing halfway across the world? Ultimately, ultimately, um, in the context of a service delivery or an application delivery, right? Uh, its performance or its reachability, that kind of thing. And so that's going to be the foundation for for uh, layering those uh, programmatic configuration push, pushes, uh, you know, uh, mm -hmm. programmatic and, and automated whether it's remediation or, or just pushing config and things like that, whether it's a security remediation as well, you know, that's, that's something where I'm seeing a little bit of advancement where, you know, there's, there seems to be more automated remediation in the security realm Absolutely. alone, right? Yeah. We got this issue over here, shut down this port, shut down these things, you know? Um, so, well, and then that becomes data that you need. So that you're not trying to figure out looking at the data, why those ports were shut down. So you exactly. that, yeah. that as metadata too. 
I, I absolutely agree. And that's, you know, I think the, the thing for me that um, is the single biggest criteria is, is really the reason that uh, people asked for Cantic in the first place, as opposed to Arbor, was squinting at rollups later in the network world where there's so many different dimensions of things and unique values of, of and, and things flying around. Yeah. Having to know the question in advance um, really limits you in, in an operational uh, way and, and, ha- and only being able to do um, analytics on summaries of the data is, is really is really tough and you know also limits you. And so um, you know I still struggle when I see that in, 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 in network world, in application world and SRE world, everyone says observability because it's the thing, even on top of platforms that have very limited abilities to do. Not only, you know, uh, whether you call it baselining or trending or anything more than simple predefined things, but but especially ultimately when the engineer or she needs to get in there and, you know, like, okay, do I need to validate this before I push the button? What's really going on? And and I'll come I'll come back to it again, bugs. And I say that not ever wanting to build a router operating system ever, 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 much less the hardware and all that stuff. Yep. I don't ever want to do that. Yep. Um, you know, uh, and there's a reason I, I love SaaS a lot more than, you know, shipping software and people running it and doing all sorts of crazy stuff with it. But there are so many bugs that, yep. you know, just even the best models, you know, sometimes you do need to poke around, you know, into that. So um, what would you love to see more of um, uh, next year at Cisco Live? You know, where would you like to see us... Uh, that's all be and yeah. Well, first of all, I don't want to go to Las Vegas, but I guess that's already in the cards. Oh, it's uh, not Orlando or or I the last Diego one I went or... to was I think 2019 and it was in San Diego and I absolutely okay. loved it. I love San yeah. Diego. So that was that was nice. But that that would be cool, but obviously they've already scheduled it for for Vegas. Okay. I'd like to see um you know, I'd like to see more of a variety of innovation. Um, you know, it's, you know, the industry seems to everybody jumps on a similar bandwagon a lot of the time, and I'd like to see what's what people are doing. The thing is that they're out there. Uh, people are doing different things and solving different problems. But uh, you know, when you when you set up a booth, you know, you're you're looking at other booths, and you know, you want to make the, there's not camaraderie, but there's some you know overlap with what folks are doing. I'd like to see a little bit more variety. I did appreciate that there was a coffee station almost everywhere at this particular Cisco Live because I'm a big coffee drinker and it was decent coffee. So I hope they continue to do that. <laughs> that was good. Um, but, uh, you know, I think I think the advancements in, in observability and continuing to differentiate it from traditional visibility is going to be a big thing because, you know, with intent-based networking, I totally saw the, the marketing fluff. I saw the intent washing that people were doing. Observability, I don't see it the same way. Although you you can, you can just say we're doing observability, and and you're not. But it really, to me, it really is a different um, a different realm of visibility. It really is the evolution. It's the next the next step, and requires uh, you know new underlying technology. So I'd like to see where that goes, and if we start scratching the surface of of uh, some more automated remediation based on whatever insights, that would be pretty cool. I mean, we have a year, so it's not a lot of time. Uh, no, the time is pretty fast. I, I, um, I'd like to see that. Um, I think there'll still be uh, uh, a lot of people using terms, uh, you know, to describe them that are sort of off, um, and uh, as well as a, a ton of progress um, that uh, that I look forward to. Um, yeah. 
maybe we can uh, do some combined vendor torture and live blogging, um, which is, you know, break it down what people are doing and what's cool or get a group together. I don't know. Did, did any of the field day delegates do that? Okay. I delegate thing. a lot of those folks. It was fun. Okay. Okay. Took some pictures. I uh, actually, that's a good point. Uh, next year, I'm going to try to be a little bit more social rather than just like learn and absorb and, and listen and talk to people, which is really, you know, that's great. That's fine. Yeah. I'm a nerd. I wanted to talk to people about how they plug this into that. But, uh, you know, I have some decent cameras and stuff. I have a road podcast mic I can put on, yeah. you know, maybe get around and, and cool. get perspectives yeah. of folks and say, hey, what do you think? Right there on the floor. Right. On the floor and I mean it not fun. to, I mean it not to, you know, uh, ridicule or demean, but like, it's just the same thing that I had when I was at Akamai, yeah. uh, you know, really the entire time. But, you know, I remember 2000, 2001, some of my friends were like, hey, I know what Akamai does, but I go to the website and it's, you know, extend and control your infrastructure. Like, where's your metadata manual? How do I understand, like, how do I understand how you, how, how does this go with this? And like, where's that? It's like, oh, you have to be a customer. It's like, don't you think it'd be nice if, if you could like show that to us? And, you know, like at the time that was not what the world was. And so I think the world is going more that way. So, you know, if they're, um, I've I've certainly had plenty of times I'd love to have someone help me, uh, you know, tell the story. So, uh, cool. Well, um, I'll, uh, hold you to that and, uh, help if I can. Um, I, I would look, uh, look forward to, uh, distributed learning, um, from, uh, enabled by uh, good question asking. So, um, well, thanks for the time and insights, uh, Phil. And, and of course, thanks for joining Kentic and uh, look forward to continue talking. Thanks. Thanks, everybody, for joining um, uh, Network AF. You can uh, listen to us um, uh, on uh, Apple and other forums. We have a website, uh, past episodes, transcripts. Uh, you can find uh, uh, me, uh, Avi Friedman, at LinkedIn, Twitter, um, the usual places. I'm Avi at Kentic.com. And Phil, how should people find you? Well, uh, you can start with Twitter, network underscore Phil. I wish I could get rid of that underscore, but I still have it. <laughs> network underscore Phil at Twitter. You can search my name in LinkedIn. My blog is networkphil.com and uh, P. Gervasi at Kentic for direct email. Okay. Thanks, everybody. See you next time.